Hello and welcome to Hauntedly. My name is Vanessa and I am your host for this podcast. Today we are doing another listener story episode. Um, I believe this is listener story episode number four. So we have uh, four pretty good stories today. Our first story comes from an old truth teller. And again, all the links for everything will be in the show notes page on the website, which is hauntedlypodcast.com. Evidently, years ago, my great aunt, my mother's aunt, was raising her granddaughter as the girl's mother had some substance abuse issues and an unstable home life. The grandmother absolutely adored the little blonde girl and doted on her. One of the girl's favorite pastimes was to play at her grandmother's vanity, making a total mess of the old school makeups and powders. A tradition they had was that the grandmother would allow the girl to make a mess and then pay the girl a quarter to help clean her clean up afterwards and take the girl to the store to spend it. Remember, this was in the 50s. And it should be noted that when they went to the store, the girl always sat in the back seat. At some point, when the girl was four or five years old, the mother met a new boyfriend and they took the girl and moved to another state. The grandmother was despondent and knowing the mother's past was constantly worrying about the girl. Sadly, she got word one day that the home they were living in had caught on fire and both adults ran outside to save themselves and left the little girl inside and she passed away. After that, the grandmother, of course, spiraled into a depression and was at the point of giving up. One night, as she lay in bed, she cried out in prayer that she could not take it anymore and begged God to take her life because she could not go on with the pain of losing the little girl and she cried herself to sleep. When she woke the next morning, she went to her vanity, and the contents were scattered about and everything open and out of place. Atop the surface, some powder was spread all over, and in the powder, perfect impressions of little handprints and the little girl's name spelled out by what what looked like a tiny finger. Also, as she later got in the car to run an errand and shut the door, she swore she heard one of the back doors slam simultaneously, and as she looked into the back seat... There was a quarter lying on the back seat, and clinging to the window was a single blonde hair. I really like this story, not because of what happened, because what happened is tragic. But I like this story because it's a ghost story with good feelings. Like, the little girl came to comfort someone who had loved her very much, and who had taken care of her. And so she, in turn, took care of her later. I really like that it's sort of, it's a bittersweet story, but it's also a ghost doing a good thing. It's a good reminder that not all ghost stories have to be scary. Sometimes a happy ending isn't the right term, but sometimes they're comforting rather than scary. Our second story comes from Most Tenacious Broski. So my stepmom was a doctor at an extremely old hospital in Northwest Missouri. You could easily guess the place if you googled old hospitals in the area. So one night, my dad and I were waiting for her to get off work. We would normally pick her up around 9 or 10, since that's when her shift ended. Now this is where it gets interesting. Once you get into the elevators, you have the option of going to the bottom floor, which was where the old emergency room was located. One night I was curious, 10 at the time. I went down there, looked around, and it was pretty creepy. I walked around and then decided to go back up. Before I could go back upstairs, a lady came up to me dressed in an old nursing outfit. 
She asked me what I was doing there and that I didn't belong. Before I could come up with a story, she just vanished. I asked her how to get back to the elevator. I turned back to where she pointed, and then I turned around to say sorry, and she wasn't there. About two years later, they leveled that hospital and built apartments and whatnot. I moved into those apartments about six years ago, and about my second week living there, I woke up probably around 2 or 3 a.m., and saw a figure wearing the same type of nursing outfit standing between my door and bed. I can't explain it. I remember getting up and yelling, What are you? I am 32 now and still have no idea what the hell happened. I don't really believe in ghosts, but I'll never forget that. When my best friend died, I found comfort in knowing that there might be an afterlife after seeing that. I don't know, it could have all been in my head, but I'm not a druggie or a drunk. It was unexplainable. Thanks for listening. I would be, at 10 years old, you were far braver than I was. I don't know that I would have taken the elevator to the bottom floor knowing there was an abandoned ER down there. Uh, and then, let alone, like, getting off of the elevator and going for a look around. Kudos to you for being a very brave kid. Now, the, the nurse, I can see why maybe she was mad because you were down there. Maybe she was also looking out for you. I mean, it could have been, I mean, she's a hospital, she was a nurse. Maybe she was like, mm, little kid by themselves, shouldn't be down here. Uh, but it's really creepy. I do wonder if it was the same nurse when you moved in there later as an adult. Like, was it the same nurse coming by to be like, hey, you left and you, you know, like, did real things and now you're a grown up. Here I am. But that is, that would be incredibly creepy. And I would never want to, like, go back there as a kid. Um, it's mind boggling that you went to the apartments because my first thought would have been, hmm, she was there before. Is she there still? So... That is wild. Our next story comes from Simpin' Noodle Soup. This happened about six years ago when I was 14. I'm not sure what reminded me of this experience, but I thought I'd share it. It was a Sunday night around 7 p.m. or so, and I was at my church's West Campus for youth group. At youth group, we would often play hide-and-seek at the end of the night while we waited for our parents to come pick us up. We always really enjoyed it because the West Campus had a lot of dark rooms in the basement to hide in. One room in particular was the costume room. The costume room was one of the last in the hallway and had two doors you could enter it from. One door was always locked, for whatever reason. The doors were about six to eight feet away from each other, so if you picked the locked door, you could get to the unlocked one pretty fast. Something else about the costume room is that it is very cluttered. There are racks upon racks of clothing and different props everywhere. As you can imagine, the room had a lot of places where you could easily hide. On this Sunday, we finished early, so we had about 30 minutes to play hide-and-seek, which we were all stoked about. And so the game began. We all quickly dispersed into the many rooms of the West Campus. As I ran down the hallway, many of the kids picked the closest rooms to hide in, which is also what I normally did. But everyone had beat me to those rooms, and I didn't want to hide with a bunch of other people. So I ran to the end of the hallway to the costume room. The first door was locked, so I went to the second one and entered the dark room. Once I was inside, I hurried through all the clothing racks and made my way to the back and hid behind some props. As I was hiding, I could hear doors opening and closing and walking around outside in the hall. I was so focused on those sounds that I almost didn't notice the sound of shuffling on the other side of the room. My first thought was maybe someone else had gotten in here to hide before I did, so I whispered very quietly, Hey, who else is in here? I got no reply. 
My second thought was that there was probably a mouse or some kind of animal in here that was moving around. That was until some costumes on the rack had fallen down. At this point, my heart is racing. I started to think that someone was trying to scare me, and frankly, it was working. I whispered again, Please, who's in here? This isn't funny. Again, I got no reply. I worked up some courage and decided to slowly make my way over to the other side of the room to find out who was trying to prank me. When I had gotten to the rack where the clothes had fallen from, there was no one there. I picked the clothes off the floor and hung them back up because I was just going to hide there now because I didn't want to move again and get caught by the seeker. By this time, I'd been hiding for maybe five to seven minutes at most. Then suddenly, someone started knocking on the door. When I tell you I nearly jumped out of my skin, whoa. At the same time the knocking happened, the props I had originally hid behind tumbled to the floor. I about had a heart attack. The knocking stopped. The sound that took its place was the sound of both door handles being wiggled, followed by, is someone in there? I popped up out of my spot and ran to the door. It was locked. I ran to the other door. It was locked. And the thing about this is that there was only one key to unlock the doors and the person who had it was not there that night. So how the hell did the unlocked door I had entered through magically become locked? By now I'm screaming and blank banging my hands on the door with tears rolling down my cheeks. Stop holding the door shut, my youth pastor yelled. I'm not, I'm not holding it, I screamed at the top of my lungs. Then to put the cherry on top, an entire rack fell over. Like, not just the clothes on it, the whole rack. If I wasn't freaking the hell out yet, I definitely was now. I ran over to check the other door again, and now it was unlocked. So I ran as fast as I could, right past my youth pastor and friends, right up the stairs and into the bathroom. About two minutes later, my friends followed me into the bathroom and asked me what had been so funny. We heard you laughing down there, and why did you break those props? They heard laughing coming from the room I was in, but I didn't hear laughing, and I definitely wasn't laughing in there. I told them what happened, but they didn't believe me. They thought I'd planned this whole story to try and scare them. I don't know what else was in that room with me that night. By the sound of it, it got a good laugh scaring the crap out of me. I have to say, this would be really creepy. I remember as a kid, uh, our church, we used to play hide-and-seek where the Sunday school rooms were after dark, after like rehearsals and things for stuff. And we did this, like we played hide and seek and you went in all the dark rooms you could get in. And I never thought it was creepy before, but I have to say this would be creepy. Like we never had a costume room. So I can imagine that would be worse because then it's props and lots of costumes. So there'd be racks of things that would be vaguely people shaped, like beyond the fact that there was obviously something going on, like that would just be creepy. And the fact that you found out that they heard laughing and you didn't, were obviously were laughing, but you didn't hear laughing either. Like somebody was having a very unfortunate joke at your expense and I would have reacted the same way and run out of there and never gone back in. And been like, no thanks, I don't I don't need to do that again. I think I'll skip a play. Anything where I've got to go get a costume or a prop out of that room, I'm good. So uh, that sounds incredibly scary. And I would be interested to know if anybody else ever had anything happen to them in your uh, West Campus. Because that doesn't seem like it would be something that would be like a one-off. But wow, that would be scary. And our last story comes from Moonlight Darling. My old gym 
at my school was built many years ago in the 60s, I think. There was the typical gym area with the wooden bleachers and the basketball floor. Old pillars held the place up. They'd been coated in several layers of paint over the years and peeled from age. Nothing too out of the ordinary other than the place was falling apart and we weren't allowed to use it often except for PE classes. On the side was a room that was always locked with a metal latch and a padlock, of course. Occasionally, thumping could be heard inside, and it was the general rumor among us kids that the old gym was haunted. We didn't know why or by whom or what, but that there was always a feeling of dread in certain areas of the building. This room had the strongest feeling. We all had a collective understanding not to pry too much around these specific areas, or we might see something we would regret. Occasionally, the room would be unlocked and the door would be open. It wasn't a large room, and I assume it used to be a classroom at some point. Brick walls and wood floors with that same chipping gray-blue paint. It always had a musty, moldy smell, and the air felt heavy. Deafeningly quiet, and you almost felt like you had to hold your breath. The ceiling sloped towards the back of the room from the bleachers above. You had to almost be crouching to go completely back. There was another door, but it was usually barricaded with tons of old school desks. The door itself was either closed completely or wide open, no in-between. Sometimes the desk would be gone as well, or shuffled around. I was always drawn to this room with its strange, ever-changing nature and the aura around it. One day, my friends and I decided to explore the so-called haunted parts of the gym during PE class. The teacher had gone off to do something in one of the back trophy rooms. I chose the room that was now conveniently unlocked. It played out so perfectly. The desk barricades had been shuffled just enough to where I could crawl over them and make my way through the unnaturally dark door that was wide open in the back. As soon as I reached it, the entry door slammed shut. Thinking my friends were pulling a prank, I made my way back, only to find that I was locked in. A part of me told myself to stay silent, so I did not call for help. I quietly fiddled with the handle until I ultimately came to the conclusion there was nowhere else to go but forward. Back over the desks and into the doorway I went. I felt around for anything that would help light the room until my hand grazed a switch. Keep in mind that the entire time my arm was engulfed in the darkness, I had the prickling sensation not to leave it in there for more than a few seconds at a time. With a loud pop, the lights came on. I can't even properly describe what I saw or the smell that assaulted my nostrils. It appeared to be an old locker room. Nothing odd about that. No, what was odd was the pitch black area even further back with another door blocked by even more desks and unreachable by the light. The air was cold and stale despite the smell. I decided to investigate the locker since I was blocked from the rest. Typical junk and old homework papers were scattered about. One thing caught my eye. An old jersey. This is where the smell was coming from. It sat in a crumpled pile in the corner of the locker, drawing me in. I nudged it with my foot to reveal the stains. The horrible, awful stains of what I assume was very old and rotten blood. The smell burned my nose and made me gag. That was when I remembered the dark corner of the room. I heard what I can only describe as the gurgling of fluid-filled lungs and shuffling, but I couldn't see anything that caused it. It must have been behind the third door. A rush of cold, stale air hit me along with a familiar sense of dread. Something wasn't right. I turned around and scrambled my way over the desk as fast as I could. My body was telling me I had to get out of there. The door that was previously shut tight was now wide open and I ran to get my friends. 
We later went back to the room to investigate after I'd calmed down. The desks were moved to block the now shut locker room door. In an effort to prove myself, I opened it once again. The light was off and the switch wouldn't work. The smell was stronger than ever. We decided to leave that room alone for good. Not long after, the school banned access to the old gym and it just stands haunting on the grounds, unused for more than storage, I would suppose. One of the kids from my class claims that the third do door was open one day and all the desks were gone. Inside the third room was nothing more than some overturned lockers and more scattered papers. An old and rotten puddle of blood in the back. I wouldn't know for sure if that was true or not, but I wouldn't be surprised either. So, this story is really creepy, A, because, you know, I mean, you found a puddle of something that looked like blood, and it's rooms that are supposed to be shut, but they only come stay shut some of the time, and all of that stuff. Um, but I think having it in a school makes it worse. Like, if you know it's an old gym, and you don't know what's happened, and nobody will talk about it, and... Obviously, they're using it for some storage, but they've never gone in and cleaned it up. Like, to me, that just screams that nobody wants to be back there, including the adults. Uh, so I would be, that would be one of those, like, I wonder what happened. I'd be looking at the history of the school. But then again, maybe you don't want to know what happened. Either way, this is an incredibly creepy story. And I would be really interested to know if anybody else had ever, like, found information about the school or other than your friends, like, had anybody else been in there? Because the fact that the desks, like, shuffle in and out. Most teachers I know don't have the time or the inclination to, like, just continually rearrange desks. That, to me, sounds like something else is rearranging things and either giving access or not giving access. And then, of course, you get into the, well, how come? And the noise, that noise, the fluid, ugh, just, ugh. I would not want to have PE ever again. Thank you to our four story submissions. I appreciate that you guys allowed me to read your stories on the air. And that is where we're going to end it today. So if you have a story you'd like to share and I are willing to send it in for me to read out, you can send those to hauntedlypodcast at gmail.com. All of the links to these stories and where I got them from will be on the show notes page, which you can find on the website, which is hauntedlypodcast.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoyed the podcast. Tell people about it. The best way to help any podcast, not just this one, grow is to help spread the word about it to friends, family, strangers, people you work with, anybody you think might like it. I hope that you will connect with me. I have Instagram and Facebook are the best ways to connect. And there's a Facebook group for Hauntedly. It's called Hauntedly Paranormal, where you can go on and discuss the stories and the other spooky things on Facebook with other people who are interested in like the podcast, hopefully. And remember, if one door closes when another door opens, your house is probably haunted. See you later.